It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Another edition, week 10 edition, college football betting. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody is ready for what should be a fun, yet sort of different week 10 college football betting show. Listen, here's the bottom line. It is week 10, as I've said 37 times since we started, and we have two mega, mega, mega games. Alabama at LSU, six versus 10. Number one, Tennessee versus number three, Georgia in Athens, Two top 10 matchups, and I think most of the show will really focus on those two big games, and we'll probably come back and do some quick hitters after that. Now, we will maybe do a little bit of a deeper dive on Clemson, Notre Dame, one or two of these other games, but at this point in the year, I don't know if you really want to sweat out or you care all that much about Ohio State as a 38-point road underdog or Arkansas Liberty or Missouri, Kentucky or Texas A&M, Florida. It's that weird time of year where there's a lot of teams, there's a few teams that have a lot to play for and everybody else. It's like, what is their motivation? Some teams are banged up. Some teams are hurt. Some teams have injuries. Some teams have coaches fired. Some teams are really fired up to try and get bowl eligible. Some teams feel disappointed. So we'll probably be a little bit quicker on the back end. We are obviously going to open with Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, and have some fun from there. Before we get started, I do want to welcome back as I do every week, our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred app. Listen, by now, I've told you the story about Betfred. Started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,600 shops in the UK uh, come to the United States and made a huge splash. The presenting sponsor, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Denver Broncos, the Colorado Rockies. And what I love about Betfred, they do more for their betters than anybody. And you want proof of that? I'll tell you. Maybe the most prominent sports better on planet Earth, Mattress Mac. He's got some money down right now in the World Series with Bedfred. Bedfred is traveling with Mattress Mac from Philadelphia to Houston, Houston to Philadelphia. That is what they do for their betters, and that is what they do for you, as I've told you before. We have sent listeners of college football betting and the Aaron Torres pod to the Denver Broncos tailgate before the Thursday night game against Indianapolis a few weeks ago. Uh, Bar crawls in Arizona prior to Cardinals games. First pitch at Rockies games. The Betfred suite in Ohio in Cincinnati is popping every time the Bengals play a home game. So nobody does more for their betters than Betfred Sportsbook. And this is what they're going to do for you. Bet 50 on any game this weekend. Tennessee, Georgia, any game you want. You want to bet Florida, Texas A&M, go crazy. Kansas State, Texas, go crazy. Liberty, Arkansas, go crazy. That's what they're going to do. 
Bet 50, get 250 in free bets, courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. All you got to do, first-time user, first-time deposit, Bet 50, you get 250 in free bets. Nobody takes care of you like Betfred. By the way, we will have our AT Betfred boost here in a couple minutes, but I want to thank Betfred, our presenting sponsor. Really quickly, the only other thing I have to say before we get to the, the Week 10 preview, make sure you're subscribed, share with a friend. If you can leave a rating and review, that would help. And also find us on YouTube, College Football Betting with Aaron Torres on YouTube. With that said, let's get to the two mega, 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 mega games this weekend. Uh, And they are huge, right? Uh, We'll start with, I think, probably the bigger one. Now, the College Football Playoff Committee screwed things up for everybody. According to the AP poll, we were supposed to get one versus two, Georgia versus Tennessee. The College Football Playoff Committee does have Tennessee at number one, but Georgia at number three. So it is number one, Tennessee at number three, Georgia. The point spread, I'll tell you, it's fascinating. All of the money coming in on Tennessee. This line opened at 11 and a half in the Bedford Sportsbook. Uh, it was at eight and a half as of uh, Thursday or Wednesday night. Thursday morning, as I started prepping my notes for this show, it's down to eight All of the money coming in on Tennessee. I saw Dave Purdom from ESPN said 90% of bets across Las Vegas are coming in on Tennessee. And I'll just tell you in the bigger picture, what I think stands out to me, this is just a really strange game to try to handicap, right? Because normally team goes on the road, team's an underdog. You try to make the argument why they can keep it close or they can at least win. I think there's a lot of people, I know there's a lot of people that think Tennessee is not only going to cover in this game, but win outright. These feel like two equals. I know the point spread is eight. I know all the money is coming in on Tennessee. I know that means historically you're going to want to back Georgia here, but I'm with most people in thinking that I just haven't seen anything from Tennessee that makes me think this is going to be a blowout. Now, in terms of the game itself, listen, it's going to be fascinating. We all know why this explosive Tennessee offense versus the Georgia defense, which probably across the board, not quite as good as last year, but they are really, really, really good. And I thought it was interesting. As, as we we discussed Tennessee, a couple things stand out. One, for obvious reasons, we get so excited talking about the offense and more specifically talking about the pass offense with Hendon Hooker. That's what tends to happen when you have the number two pass offense in college football, when you throw for 350 yards per game, when Hendon Hooker is your Heisman Trophy favorite here at the back half of the season in college football. What was interesting, though, Kirby Smart was asked about Tennessee earlier this week. You know what he talked about? He talked about the run game, and he said point blank. He said, look, as great as the pass game is, it's actually the run game which opens up everything for them. And this is something that we've talked about on this show. Everybody always thinks about these these, these offensive savant head coaches, Josh Heupel obviously being the one we're talking about here, but – Lincoln Riley, when Lincoln Riley's had his best teams, Oklahoma at the time ran the ball really well. As Oklahoma struggled to run the ball over the last few years, that's when you started to see struggles from Oklahoma. This year, Ole Miss, who's the number one rush offense in the SEC? Who's the number three rush offense behind only the two service academies, Air Force and Army? It's Ole Miss, and they're sitting at eight and one. And that's the thing about Tennessee that I don't think people appreciate. They are not only passing the ball all over the field, but they are running the ball really effectively as well. This is a top 25 run offense in college football right now, and that was what was impressive about that Kentucky game. In the Kentucky game, they rushed 
for over right around 200 yards, average about four and a half yards per carry. And when they needed to chew the clock, when they needed to be in a scenario where they're not just throwing the ball all over the field, that's exactly what they did. So Kirby Smart said all week, this is a balanced offense. You know about the pass game, but the run game is just as good and people don't give it credit. Maybe not quite as good, but you get the point. They run the ball so well that it opens up the passing game as well. And to me, that becomes the question. Can this Georgia defense slow things down? I am worried that they can. First off, I don't think anybody can. And the over-under reflects that Vegas, that the Betfred Sportsbook, thinks this is going to be a high-scoring game. Over-under is at 66 points for a Georgia game. That is absolutely unbelievable. And it speaks to the fact that even Betfred in the Betfred Sportsbook, by the way, it's up to 66 and a half now, doesn't think that Georgia can slow Tennessee down. And I'm not sure they can either. A couple things that are interesting on Georgia. Now, we talked about it last week going into the Florida game. Do think they are probably better defensively. You know, at the middle of the season, everybody was comparing them to last year, and you start to realize that's really dumb. That's really unfair to Georgia. It We need to focus on this year's team because they just lost a million uh, NFL draft picks and five first-round picks off that defense. Well, the Georgia's credit right now, they are better than I think a lot of people gave them credit for early in the year. Currently number four in college football in total defense. But the pass defense has fallen back a little bit. If you go back to last week against Florida, Georgia did break, or or, uh, Florida, the Gators, excuse me, did break some big plays. And here's the other thing about Georgia that I think is really interesting as Florida ended up with close to 400 yards of total offense last week against the Bulldogs. What's really interesting about this Georgia defense, I think we all think of just last year, explosive playmakers, playmakers in the backfield. You know who's actually last in the SEC in sacks this season? It's the Georgia Bulldogs. You know who's ranked 104th nationally in tackles for loss? It's the Georgia Bulldogs. And so what's really interesting, about I think we have this vision of what we think Georgia's defense is, maybe the same way we have a vision of what we think Tennessee's offense is, and that's just not who they are this year. Now, I don't claim to be X's and O's guy. I don't claim to be scheme guy. I don't have all the answers as to why Georgia has chosen to do things the way that they do, but I just bring it up because to me, what it speaks to is the fact that this is not the team. This is not the team that you think they are, especially on defense. They are not flying all over the field, making plays. It feels as though they're more quote unquote base, if you will. And again, I don't claim to be scheme guy. And also on top of that, the other thing that I found interesting Past defense has taken a tiny step back. This is a very young secondary. I thought the Athletic this week did a really good job. David Ubbin from the Athletic, uh, he talked to multiple coordinators and, and position coaches across the SEC, and they pointed out this secondary is really young. Keely Ringo's a junior, going to be a first-round pick this year, but outside of that, in the Georgia secondary, this is a team that is very young. Malachi Starks is a true freshman. Other young players in that secondary. And I think we have seen it so far. It's not quite as good as it was last year. Now, I do think from the other perspective, we do have to talk a little bit about George's offense. I'll give him credit, man. Listen, Stetson Bennett, all this guy does, and I've been critical of Stetson Bennett like everybody else, but all this guy does is just keep piling up points, keep piling up wins. And again, I don't think we think of Georgia's offense as explosive. We think of the defense as the explosive, you know, playmakers all over the field. Georgia's offense 
Here's what they've done the last three weeks since that Missouri game where everybody freaked out. 42 points against Auburn, 55 against Vanderbilt, 42 against Florida. I will say they are going up against a Tennessee team that I think is much better on defense that people give them credit for. But this is an explosive offense. You look at what they did last week. You look at over 500 yards of total offense, and the question becomes, can a Tennessee defense, which I think is probably better than people give it credit for, can they slow down the Georgia offense? And I do think they can. The thing with Tennessee, it's so interesting, right? And we talked about this last week throughout this show, is that I think at this point in the year, we're 10 weeks in, everybody's playing their ninth game, played eight games so far. It's Everybody wants to default to season totals in terms of stats, in terms of like, this is the eighth-ranked run offense. This is the ninth-ranked run defense. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes you have to kind of separate because a team is different now than they were at this time, you know, in September or even early October. And so with the Tennessee defense, I think it's easy to look at the stats and say, ah, they give up a lot of points, they give up a lot of yards. They basically gave up all their yards in two games. One was against Alabama. Oh, my goodness. Bryce Young is superhuman Heisman Trophy winner. He should probably be the number one pick, and he was awesome. The other game was a bad performance against, uh, uh, excuse me, against Florida, where Anthony Richardson was just otherworldly, where Anthony Richardson played the best game of his career. Look at what they've done to everybody else. 13 points LSU scored at home against this Florida team, against this, uh, against this uh, Tennessee team. Kentucky had 205 yards of total offense, three turnovers, three interceptions for Will Levis last week against this Tennessee defense, held them to six points. If you watch that game, Kentucky's offense looked hopeless against this Tennessee defense. So the Tennessee defense, to me, is probably a little bit better than we give it credit for. The Georgia defense is probably a little bit worse than we give it credit for. And so with it, I'm ready to just say this. My official Betfred boosted pick of the week is Tennessee plus eight against Georgia. That will be available in the Betfred Sportsbook on Friday. But that's my best bet of the weekend. I just look at this game. I don't see the scenario where Georgia blows Tennessee out. Now, could they go score for score in theory, make enough stops, get a win? Maybe. I don't know if that happens, though. I think Tennessee wins, but I certainly think they cover the eight points. All right, let's get to the other big game this coming Saturday. Just a little two schools called Bama LSU. You know it is a weird year and a fun year in the SEC. When Alabama LSU is the undercard or the game that is not as marquee in the SEC, very interesting line. Alabama is a 13.5-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook, the over-under 56. Both these teams coming off a bye. Alabama, of course, three weeks ago lost to Tennessee, takes care of Mississippi State before they get their bye. LSU looking awesome. In the two games before their by 45 points against Florida in a win, 45 points against Ole Miss in a win. That was, of course, Ole Miss's only loss this season. When I look at this game, though, the one there is something that does stand out to me, and that's this. Have we gone a little overboard on the Alabama concern? And what I mean by that is this. Listen, I, and by the way, if you listen to this show, if you listen to the Aaron Torres pod, we've talked a lot about it. We've talked about Alabama. They're not the same team on the road. Um, you know, Nick Saban has called out their fiery competitive nature. Are they fiery enough? Are, are, are they that team? Previous Alabama teams had that. Does this group have that? But I also think like people are just kind of burying Alabama, right? And, and what stands out to me is this. Yes, they lost to Tennessee. 
No, they have not looked great on the road. But first of all, I would say this. The Texas game is ancient history. And yes, they could have lost that Texas game. The Arkansas game, they were rolling. They were rolling past Arkansas until Bryce Young got hurt. Then the Tennessee game happens. And I want you to just, you know, I want you to do the old uh, A Time to Kill. If you remember A Time to Kill, the movie, uh, Matthew McConaughey says, I want you to close your eyes and picture something. Now, that was much more serious than this. But I bring it up because I want you to close your eyes and I want I want to just talk you through Alabama, Tennessee, okay? And by the way, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. But you get the hypothetical. Alabama against Tennessee, this is what happened. They gave up 21 first quarter points. They muffed a punt, which led to a score for Tennessee. They actually outgained Tennessee. People don't realize this. The offense outgained Tennessee. And on top of all of that, they had the ball late, driving, in control, and Bill O'Brien over 10 play calls, calls nine passes. They don't run out the clock. They don't make the field goal. Tennessee gets the ball back. Two plays later, they're in field goal range. They kick the field goal to win the game. And so why I bring it up is because I just want you to think about all that stuff. 21 first quarter points, muffed punt. They outgained Tennessee. They had the ball and in a worst case scenario, they should have been kicking the uh, kicking a field goal as time expired to potentially win the game and then go to overtime. And despite all that, they lost out a last second field goal to Tennessee. And so it's easy to bury Alabama, but I just sit there and say, I don't know. Are we sure this team is that bad? On top of it, on the offensive side of the ball, you don't need me to tell you, but this will be the, the healthiest that Bryce Young has been in a month and a half since the start of that Arkansas game when he was playing some of his best football of the season. I thought the the wide receivers have really developed nicely, even though it's been a little bit under-discussed. Jameer Gibbs is who he is. And here's the other thing with Alabama, which I thought was interesting. So Alabama's another one. We just talked about it with Georgia. Oh, Georgia's defense took a major step back. Well, Alabama, I think we all kind of think Alabama's defense, like something's not right. They're not very good. Here's the facts. Are they not that good? Or do you just remember that one game against Tennessee where Tennessee just went bonkers on them? And maybe to a little bit of the Texas game when, when Quinn Ewers was in. But with no disrespect to Jaden Daniels, he is not Quinn Ewers and he is definitely not Hendon Hooker. And I went back and just for fun, I crunched the numbers for Alabama if they had never played Tennessee. In other words, the seven games outside of Tennessee where they're playing maybe the best offense in college football. If they didn't play Tennessee... Or if Tennessee just was later on in the schedule or whatever. And I know it's the third Saturday in October every year. I get that. Alabama right now would rank number four in the country in scoring defense, giving up just 11.6 points per game. That would be number four in the country behind only Illinois, Georgia, and Michigan. And if you took out the yardage that Tennessee was able to put up against them, now keep in mind, everybody puts up yards against Tennessee. They would be number four in the country behind only Illinois, Boise, and Michigan. Ahead of Georgia, by the way. And so I bring it up because is Alabama that bad? Or is it just possible that Tennessee is really, really, really good? And despite everything that happened in that game, Alabama still was in position to win. Now, from the LSU perspective, I'll say this. And, and I joked about it in my picks column at Aaron Torres Online. Anybody who listens to this show or certainly the Aaron Torres pod knows I love me some Brian Kelly. Told the story many times. 
but he came to Cincinnati kind of as I was leaving UConn. I had seen the Cincinnati program be really successful under Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio leaves. Uh, Brian Kelly comes in, and it's like a rocket ship straight to the moon. He leaves, goes to Notre Dame. All he does is win, beat everybody not named Alabama and Clemson. All he ever does is get criticized. So I love Brian Kelly. But even as somebody who loves Brian Kelly, even as somebody who, as I joked, I might end up on the Christmas card this year. I love Brian Kelly so much. But we get a little bit overboard on LSU, and it's kind of the opposite of Alabama. I think everybody overreacting to Alabama losing to a really good Tennessee team by three points at the final buzzer. What about the LSU perspective? Are we overreacting a bad Florida team? Florida's just bad. And then that Ole Miss game was awesome, but it was just one game. And when I look at LSU, a couple things stand out. One, what Brian Kelly is kind of doing, it shows how great of a coach he is. It's kind of smoke and mirrors, though. I hate to say it. It's kind of smoke and mirrors, though. I love Brian Kelly. Give him, I was going to say I'd give an organ to him. I don't know if I really would, but I love the man. But it is a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Here's the facts about LSU. Remember, last year, end of the season, LSU had 30-something scholarship players healthy enough for their bowl game. Even after the transfer portal where they took 20-plus kids, even after National Signing Day where they took another 15 or whatever, they're still at about 75, 76 scholarship players right now. So they are behind on bodies to begin with. They're playing two true freshmen on the offensive line. And so what Brian Kelly has done is incredible. I don't know if Alabama is the team, though, that you can keep this going against. And the other thing that really stands out about uh, LSU right now, it does feel like they are a little bit over-reliant on Jaden Daniels, right? Like, again, this goes back to not just looking at a stat on a piece of paper, but actually going ahead and doing the deep dive. And so if you look at this offense and you see that LSU right now is currently uh, in the top 40 or so in rushing offense, about sixth or seventh in the SEC, I think you sit there and say, oh, they have some nice balance. They're passing the ball. They're throwing the ball. Well, that's not really true. Here is the truth is that Jaden Daniels is doing an awful lot for them. Jaden Daniels, their starting quarterback, not only completing 70% of his passes, 12 touchdowns, one interception, but he's also the leading rusher, 524 yards. And it does seem pretty clear that the last two weeks, when he has really gotten rolling running the ball, that is when LSU has had a ton of success. Three weeks ago against Florida, 349 yards passing and right around 50 yards rushing. Last game against Ole Miss two weeks ago, 248 yards passing, 100-plus yards rushing. And so I do think LSU has some skill players on the outside. I don't know that those guys are in full stride and fully locked in with Jaden Daniels. This secondary is probably the best secondary that LSU will have faced maybe all season, maybe since the opening game against Florida State. Florida State's got a real secondary. But Florida's not good in the secondary. Ole Miss isn't good in the secondary. Tennessee is good, but I don't think Tennessee is playing at the level now that they, they weren't playing at that level that they are now when they played LSU. And so I look at this game, and I'll just be honest. I know it's on the road. I know it's Alabama. I know Alabama has struggled on the road. I do think Alabama's the significantly better team. And like I said, I think what it really comes down to is just bodies. Young bodies for LSU, inexperienced bodies, bodies from different places, Alabama's just got a two deep full of dudes that were recruited as four and five stars recruited to the sec have developed as such off of a buy to remember Nick Saban. I couldn't find the stat. I was looking for it. Nick Saban with more than one week to prepare. It's freaky. 
And so I do like Alabama. They're minus 13 and a half on the road at LSU. I don't know if the score is something like 41 to 20 or something like that, but a fully healthy Bryce Young, I think it's bad news for everybody else. All right, this is what I want to do. I do want to take a quick break. I do want to come back. And when I come back, we will hit on the rest of the week 10 slate in college football, Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Texas, Kansas State. You know, there's a lot of little games that we'll talk about. We'll get to the rest of it. Take a quick break. Be right back. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get to the rest of the Week 10 slate. And as I said, you know, I think we'll probably be a little bit quicker on most of these games because at the end of the day, look, you know, it's Week 10, it's November, and there's just a lot going on in terms of trying to figure out how to properly handicap these games, right? Just think about this weekend. You have Ohio State and Michigan as 20-plus point favorites against inferior competition. You have Auburn, which just fired their coach. Are they going to come out more motivated or less motivated as players hit the portal, as position coaches are gone? Uh, Even something like Texas-Kansas State. I mean, that's a top 25 matchup where we don't know if Kansas State is going to start their starter or their backup at quarterback. And let's be honest, their backup has been better than the starter anyway. 
So it's hard to really evaluate most of these games, but I'll give you just some quick thoughts on most of the rest of the big ones. And let's start with probably what I would say is the other probably biggest game, if you will, quote unquote, on Saturday. That is Clemson facing Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Clemson, a three and a half point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook, the over under at 44. And so when I think about these two teams, a couple things come to mind. One, I go back to what I just said about Alabama a minute ago. I, I do think there was a little bit of revisionist history on Alabama after a loss to a really good Tennessee team. I also think there's a little bit of revisionist history on Clemson based on what they did against Syracuse a few days ago in that game uh, where they barely held on against Syracuse. You look at that game and yes, they benched DJ. Yes, I know it wasn't good, but they still won the game. They're still 8-0 going into this week. And I think the other important thing to remember about Clemson as well, like we can't say that they haven't played anybody. Now, I know the ACC isn't the SEC. I get all that. I would argue the ACC might not even be the Pac-12 in terms of depth this year. But you look at who Clemson has beaten. And according to the college football playoff rankings, that's what we're using now. They have beaten three teams in the top 25, took care of Wake Forest on the road, took care of Clemson, and destroyed North Carolina State. And so when I look at Clemson, I don't think they're Ohio State. I don't think they're Tennessee. I don't think they're Georgia, Bama, or Michigan. I think all five of those teams would be favored probably by something close to double figures against all of them. But I do think they're still a pretty good team. They're still like the sixth to 10th best team in college football. And I actually really like this matchup with Notre Dame. So really quickly on Notre Dame, I think people would probably sit there and say, well, what is going on with Notre Dame? What a weird team. They lose to Stanford a few weeks ago. Stanford is terrible. Stanford hasn't won a power five game in forever. And then they go to Syracuse and destroy Syracuse last week. Well, what happened is it's pretty straightforward. When Notre Dame can run the ball really effectively, they're in very good shape. Last week against Syracuse, they ran for 246 yards. Their starting quarterback, Drew Pine, only had to attempt 19 passes in that game. 9 of 19, 116 yards passing in that game. But you go back two weeks before. They did not run the ball as effectively 150 yards on 34 carries against Stanford. Drew Pine has to attempt 27 pass attempts. He completes 48% of them for 151 yards. And you see what happens in that game. So Notre Dame is at its best when it can run the ball effectively and not put too much on Drew Pine's plate. Just one problem. Clemson is really good against the run on defense and really bad against the pass on defense. Not really bad but they are really good against the run on defense. They are a top 10 run defense nationally. Now, in terms of the pass defense, now a lot of it was that Wake Forest game where Wake Forest threw the ball all over the field. But Clemson is giving up close to 250 yards per game through the air, 87th nationally. And so if this was a different team with a different quarterback, I might feel differently. But Notre Dame needs to run the ball to win. I don't think they are going to be able to. I really do like Clemson by the three and a half at Notre Dame. That is one that I do feel pretty confident on. My bet Fred best bet is Tennessee minus uh, Tennessee plus eight, but I like no uh, Clemson minus three and a half at Notre Dame as well. Let's rip through some of the other marquee games. You know, the Texas Kansas state game. I just mentioned Texas is a two and a half point favorite in Manhattan bet Fred sports book in terms of the over under in that game. It is 54 and a half. It's worth noting. It is a night game and there are a couple other variables as well that you probably should know. One, I don't think a lot of people know this, but believe it or not, uh, 
Texas has really struggled in Manhattan over the last couple times that they have been. Now, weather won't be an issue. Part of it is they usually play them later in the year. It's cold. It's dreary, drizzly, whatever you want to call it. Well, it's supposed to be a high of 65 on Saturday. This will be a night game, so probably in the 50s or 60s. But we're not talking about, you know, 22 degrees and uh, freezing cold rain coming down or anything. But Kansas State has had success against Texas over the years. They are 6-2. and two. Believe this or not, this kind of blew me away. 6-2 and two in their last eight games straight up against Texas in Manhattan. Now, it is worth noting the last time Texas played there, it ended up being the final regular season game of Tom Herman's time at Texas. They destroyed Kansas State, and they won by a narrow margin their last trip. So Kansas two and, or, uh, Texas 2-0 and straight up in its last two trips, but just 6-2 and straight up in its last eight overall. I'll be honest, if I knew a little bit more about the quarterback situation, and, and again, I don't know, you know, Adrian Martinez, is he healthy? Is he not? If he does not play... Um, what does that mean? Because Will Howard has been really good as the backup. So if I knew Will Howard was playing, I'd probably feel a little bit better. I don't know. Don't know what Kansas State is going to do. And the other thing with Texas, there's really two variables here. One, they are pretty – Kansas State is a great team running the football. Texas is actually pretty good against the run. And Texas is coming off a bye. And Steve Sarkeesian, I know you want to say all the right things at this time. But I do kind of believe that off the bye, we're probably going to get the best version of Texas. I would still lean Kansas State plus the two and a half. But again, no super strong opinion on this one. Again, Texas, a two and a half point favorite in the Bedfred Sportsbook. Let's go to the SEC. Um, You know, really interesting line in the Kentucky-Missouri game. So remember, Kentucky coming off that embarrassing loss to, uh, to Missouri. And the money is starting to come in on Missouri. Kentucky was a one and a half point favorite on Wednesday. It is down to one. And I think the thing people don't, don't really know about Missouri, right? Missouri's just kind of been off the radar here for the last couple weeks and understandably so. But remember, they played Georgia close, lost 26-22. They played Florida close, lost 24-17. They beat Vanderbilt. And then last week they beat South Carolina. And here's the crazy part. In their last five games, Missouri has not given up more than 22 points in any or uh, 24 points, excuse me, in any of their last five games. Last time they gave up more than 25 points, it was back on September 10th when they played Kansas State. Defense is playing well, offense is playing better. I do worry a little bit about Kentucky, too. Kentucky, second straight road game. Kentucky coming off that embarrassing loss to Tennessee where they basically just got punked. Kentucky struggling to run the ball. Missouri, a slight underdog at home. I would lean Missouri in this one. I do have some fears about Kentucky in this game. Uh, really quickly, AM, Florida. You know, Florida is visiting College Station. And I'll be blunt, you know, this is just one. I, I just can't get excited about either side in this game. Um, Texas AM, this game is actually uh AM is a three and a half point favorite. The over-under is 55 and a half. Texas AM, listen. And I was on I was on air in College Station on uh, I guess it would have been Thursday morning. And what I'll say about Texas A&M, I get why anyone that's not an Aggie fan is just completely out on this team. Currently in the midst of a four game losing streak, currently sitting at three and five overall. At the same time, they lost their their previous three games, three points to Ole Miss, which is a really good team. South Carolina, they lost by six. Keep in mind that was a game where against South Carolina. They actually outscored South Carolina after the first play of the game. 
South Carolina returns the opening kick for a touchdown. Texas A&M outscores them from there. They lose by six. And then obviously the final play against Alabama. So really conceivably, each of the last three games could have gone the other way for Texas A&M. And the important piece on Texas A&M, Connor Wegman, the true freshman, he looked like everything he was billed to be last week. 338 yards for the true freshman. Four touchdowns looked really, really, really good. Florida does have a good secondary. Florida is good against uh, the pass. And what I would say about Florida too, that Georgia game, I was actually impressed. I thought they fought really hard. It's easy to look at that 42 to 20 final score and say it was a blowout. And in many ways it was, but at one point Georgia was up like 28, I don't know, 28, seven, maybe. And Florida cut it to 28 to 20 at one point, And it got sort of interesting. Now Georgia pulled away. They're the better team with better players. But Florida is fighting hard for Billy Napier. So this is one, again, no super strong opinion on. Connor Wegman looked good. AM is really close to, to feeling like they could have won a game or two that they lost. Now, an Arkansas fan will say, you should have lost to Arkansas, and you won that one. So I guess it all balances itself out. I would probably lean AM plus the points in this one, but don't feel great. How about this one? This is an interesting one to me. South Carolina, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Vanderbilt. And what stands out to me about South Carolina, so I'm not as high on Shane Beamer as everybody else. I, I think Shane Beamer is kind of one of these internet guys. Like he does cool, funny stuff on the internet. So everybody likes, oh, he's so funny. He took a mayo bath after the mayo bowl. He dressed up like Steve Spurrier. It's like, yeah, win some games that matter, okay? And South Carolina, I do think they've largely built their entire resume off beating bad teams or, let me put it this way. They've done a good job of beating big name programs at a time where people don't realize they're bad. So it's kind of confusing. So let me explain. Last year, they get to six and six in bowl eligibility by beating Florida right before they fired Dan Mullen and Auburn when it started to go sideways under Brian Harson. Brian Harson has, of course, since been fired. Uh, this year, they beat Kentucky without Will Levis. They beat Texas A&M by, again, six points. So I don't think this team is that good, but they do play hard for Shane Beamer. The seven does not feel like enough. It was seven and a half. It's now down to seven. I would lean South Carolina in that one, but no strong, really strong feel for that. Same with Wake Forest and NC State. This is a top 25 matchup. Wake Forest, a four-point road favorite. Wake Forest, of course, coming off the eight-turnover game against Louisville. If you feel good betting a team as a road favorite that just turned the ball over eight times, you do you. Torres is staying away, though. Uh, also in the ACC, Florida State at Miami. Miami's not good, people. Miami's not good. Um, Florida State is a seven and a half point favorite, 53 in the Betfred Sportsbook. Total stay away to me. Lean Florida State. I think Florida State's pretty decent. Miami is really bad. Credit Mario Cristobal. He's signing all these five stars. You figure out how, you figure out why. Big recruiting class coming in. Not a very good team on the field. Remember, they won 14-12 last week without scoring a touchdown the entire game. It went to overtime, all field goals, two-point conversion, ball game. I would lean Florida State here. Listen, Michigan's a 26-point favorite against Rutgers. Total stay away to me. Uh, Ohio State's a 38-point favorite against uh, Notre Dame, uh, Northwestern, excuse me, total stay away. The one that's interesting to me, Illinois against Michigan State. Now, Illinois is not built to win big by big scores. They're a 17-point favorite, by the way. But what is interesting, Michigan State's terrible, and Michigan State, two of their top four tacklers are currently suspended as Michigan State still continues to investigate. 
I can't call it a brawl because Michigan's players had nothing to do with it. The, 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 the assault essentially that took place, that took place in that, that tunnel at the big house. So my gut tells me that Illinois, even as a big favorite will cover that team is on a one-way ticket to the big 10 championship game. Unbelievable season from Brett Bielema's boys unbelievable season indeed all right i think that's it for this episode of college football betting with aaron torres like i said want to be quick on the back half of this show listen here's the deal you know the deal we both know the deal if you're not subscribed to college football betting with aaron torres please make sure to do so apple spotify amazon music google music wherever you listen to podcasts make sure to subscribe also make sure rate and review the show go ahead give us a quick five stars listen if you could do that go on the page college football betting leave us a quick five-star review it really would help uh also make sure to subscribe on the youtube channel a uh, lot of good content there show is available on youtube as well do you think that is all for today's college football betting thank you guys and girls for listening enjoy what should be a really 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 fun week 10 slate we'll be back next week fun week 11 slate coming up old miss alabama is one of the headliners in that one but enjoy the weekend College football betting, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, LSU. It should be a fun one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.